Hello everyone and welcome along to another episode of The Miles Driven with myself Sam and I am joined today in the co-chair by my honourable editor and um, content uh, content provider. Content provider? Oh, you weren't supposed to speak yet. I was going to say an all-round good subservient co-host. <laughs> and then I was going to say, Miles, how are you? I love the way I've been put in the co- co-pilot Oh, you've seat. just been battered into the yes, floor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I ran that through my head so many times and I got lost so much with the pressure of doing the intro that it just all <laughs> fell apart. We'll get you there, mate. We'll get you to a point where people will forget I'm even on the podcast. <laughs> It'll just be you intro and then all the way along. Well, I, ha- I have to say that was the second attempt at the start as well. We did do another one. <laughs> do, you, do you want another go, mate? No, I think we're okay. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the Miles Driven. <laughs> with myself, Miles. With me, Miles. And with Sam, yeah. It's just going to be 20 minutes of just introducing yes. us. <laughs> What have we got today, Sam? Well, I was going to ask you, because oh, okay. obviously being the host, I would introduce you into the podcast and lead you into your first... Doesn't the host... I was, I was going to say, so it was going to be a, with my good subservient co-host, Miles Goodson. Miles, how are we this week? Anything to rant about? And then you could have gone on about something that's upsetting oh, this week. Oh, I see. I don't know, the price of cleaning sponges from Halfords or... <laughs> yeah. They have gone up. Well, you see, there so... you go. It was turtle wax taking a dive. You did. Turtle wax taking a <laughs> I wonder if you can invest in. I'd like wax. to whinge about the price of cartridge pressure washers. Yeah, well, I would, but, then, <laughs> but that's a separate that's to our podcast this week. Yeah. Okay. So, do you have anything? Or uh, I have something we can start off with a bit of light. Yeah, let's go with something you've got a bit light. I've got a couple of things. Like. A couple of vehicles as well. So we're actually doing a proper uh, talking about cars in this one. Well, we are, and well, then <laughs> that's how we start. Every I've podcast. got a couple of cars, and then <laughs> then we're going to talk about inflation. We were talking about family trees last week. Yeah, we had, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was off of a TVI launch date. That's it, a what, what? Uh, I know, I meant to say... So, <laughs> TVI. I meant to say two different <laughs> words there. And, go on. So, a new Range Rover Sport coming out. Oh, this is the one with the... With the weirdest teaser images. Yeah. Since... Oh, I don't know. I had something, and I've lost since, it. Since a car I had a really, I had a really or... funny one. And it's really annoying because it's gone now. Should we? We'll let you. No, do... it was going to be. It was going to harp. Do, you back... do the segment again. No, no, it was going to harp back to last week, but I can't quite remember what it was going to be now. It's going to be something to do with Ferrari's teaser that someone brightened and just revealed uh, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, just pretend I said something really funny, and we'll all laugh. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh yeah, good one, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, new Range Rover Sport. What got me with this is if you look at the images, one of them is just dirt being flung up in the air. Oh, really? It's not really a teaser image. It's just I'm looking at what a volcano by the looks of it. I saw it. I thought, is that meant? To, is something meant to be happening that I'm missing? You know, is this like, oh, it's going to drive through a volcano? And no, it's just there's some dirt. That's our teaser. <laughs> you don't even know what the shape of the car looks like. I mean, everyone knows the Range Rover Sport will look basically say, like the not, Range Rover, yeah, but smaller. There's not as not so much they can really change with it, is there? Just a bizarre way of launching. You'd think they'd given a silhouette or something, but they didn't dare do it. Yeah, so. like but that, sort of like an Aston Martin sort of reveal where they sort of, you have a you have a light behind the car and you sort of get the silhouette with a bit of a glow yeah. coming across yeah, it. Yeah. That's that what, that's what Aston usually do with the sort of green they put a green cloth over the light, didn't they? Yeah. That's to it. make it Astony. But instead they just decided, no, let's just Dirt. Yeah. That's what we're about. As Land Rover. The, the Range Rover Sport is known for people going up volcanoes in it. it. Certainly, the majority of our customers do not use them on the road. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just do like if they had put it like the silhouette of it blanked out in a parking space in Pall Mall or something, or not Pall Mall, but you know Mayfair. Yeah, yeah. Like that would have made Pall Mall. Well, that's only can a pink. That's on only a, that's only a pink one though. Pall Mall, I think, isn't it? I don't think you can park on Pall Mall either. Would well, you want to park on a pink square? Well, you want to be going for more like the red and the. 
red, yellow, green ones are the best ones. Well, it depends what colour the car is. Well, you, you like the blue spaces, don't you? We're talking Monopoly boards, Mark. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, just, I just got that. <laughs> you know you're you're like very the, much the blue squares. Mayfair and... Um, yeah. What was it? Mayfair and Palmel? No, Park Lane. Park Lane, yeah. Okay. I'm more of the, the orange ones. You like the orange. The yeah. orange ones and the green ones. Yeah, the green yeah. ones are my favourite. I'm convinced they're the best squares on the Green's board. Green's got Oxford Street on it, hasn't it? Oxford Street or Oxford Circus. I'm not sure which one. Or would it? Uh, I'm going to go off, uh, probably Oxford Street. Let's well, say Piccadilly's Street. over in the yellows, isn't it? Piccadilly's so. yellow. The red ones are okay. I don't Any, Anything from the orange, the red, the yellow and the green, they're the best ones. So if you, you can get a couple of those together, you've won the game. Whereas you will always get the two blues and you'll negotiate and sell all of the rest of your cards to get yeah. the blues and then just build some hotels that nobody will land on. Again, these are the big differences you sort between of, myself sort of and Sam. claw your way through the game well, until I'll, one person lands I'll have on. I'll, old Kent Road and whatever the other rubbish one at the beginning um, is. Oh, what is it? What's the other brown one? I, I, oh, no, it's fine. Don't look it up. We'll just uh, we'll come back with it next week. Okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> to those listeners. It'll come like, to us at some point. Yes. So well, it, I guarantee my mother will be screaming at the TV. Yeah, <laughs> listeners that do know what it is know that. Yeah, so I would go for the two brown ones at the start. I might go for Euston. What is it? It's not Euston Station. Euston Square. Square. Might go for those, but then I'd want the. Where's that? Blues. Euston oh, the pale blues. Pale blues. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the dark blues. No, I say the the purpley, purple or dark blue. I don't know. No, it's sky blue. No, no, I'm talking about Mayfair again. Oh yeah, they're they're the well navy blue, aren't they? Well, yeah, however yeah. people... And then you've got the sky Well, blues. maybe that'll be the big topic. Maybe all the messages we'll get this week uh, will be nothing to do with cards. Be, be... Oh, it's royal blue. Yes. Or, <laughs> or no, it's it's, uh, it's violet or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you like the sky blue ones. I don't know. The sky blue ones and the pink ones are the ones that I'll just never bother buying. Don't mind yeah, I sort of really, get them yeah. as, a, as a trader. I think the thing is, because I aim for going for the really high value ones early on... You don't I'm, have any money left for I, I can only afford the cheap <laughs> yeah. stuff. So it's based, It's how I would buy a car. I would want to have something very expensive, but I cannot afford anything average yeah. because of it. Whereas you'd have a daily driver that's a good car. I would run about in an, in an absolute nail yeah. and then have something yeah. really delicious in the garage. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, you, you'd own the waterworks and the electricity company as well. Yeah. yeah, I'd own the electricity company just to shut it down. <laughs> just a sack everyone stations are you a station guy um no i'm not stations are a steady earner because if yeah. you've got all four you get 200 pound stations are very sam to me yeah they're, they're well, a steady got, got a ship in every port yeah exactly like, yeah. yeah and of course they're trains as well so i'm not that yeah yeah whereas the electricity board and the water one are more your sort of thing because you have to roll the dice don't you and yeah you get 10 chance, times the amount the only the only problem is that ever the gambler yes <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, if you've got the... Um, wait, do you know what? This wasn't written down or scheduled or anything for us to talk you know about. No, monopoly. I deliberately did this because you said, we're going to talk about cars this week. Yes. And the earliest chance I got, yeah. I thought, well, I'm taking us right off on a yeah. tangent. Well, because I think some people think that uh, we we do try and... We don't script them, obviously. But we do try and have some subjects to talk about prior to coming in. And then... Oh, we have got subjects. But, you know, if we talked about just the subject, just the range would be 20 minutes long. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um... No, I don't think I would go. I, I quite like the idea. The only problem is that if you've got the two, the waterworks and the electricity company, you can't really ever earn a lot from it. If you've got both, I think you get 10 times the dice roll of the person yeah, so who lands on Yeah, you get 120 at absolute best. Yeah, that's why I don't bother with them. We all know there's one square everybody wants to land on. Go? No, not but, go. Oh, um, free, free parking. parking. <laughs> so it's If you play the rules of you put all of the fine money under free parking, yeah. which we always have, because Monopoly actually point this out that that's not one of their rules. No. And they, they list like the top four 
are, I think if you buy a new Monopoly game, they'll actually list top four or five that are played but are not official Monopoly rules. And one of them is the free parking. Yeah. The other is, I think, the double on go. Yeah, we always play that as yeah, well. Yeah, because that's not an official. No. <laughs> um, and there's a couple of others that we play that uh, are not official Monopoly rules, but I've always played them. You've well, always played them, you know. The one official Monopoly It's one of rule... our parents somewhere out there has set this up for us because we yeah, wouldn't I guess have come so. up with it ourselves. No. So. Although we did invent the double Monopoly board once. We did. Where you put the go you put the go squares next yes. to each other. So you go around one, then you have to go around the other. Again, like sorry, circuit. everyone, this is an automated podcast. We will um, get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Well, um, I always choose the car as the as the emblem. Yeah, I always have the, the boat. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> or the dog. <laughs> well, that would fit you, yeah. Um, the only other rule that I think that we don't play that Monopoly say you should is that if someone doesn't buy the property, you have to auction it then and there. Oh, yes, I've seen I that. I think that's an official yeah, we rule don't. that we don't play. No. And the whole thing of being able to basically get people to bail you out and borrow and beg and all that sort of stuff. Oh, you're not to... supposed to do that, are you? No. No, if you're out, you're out. Yeah. We, that's why the games get so long for us, because we've got... <laughs> yeah. right, right, I owe you 15 grand. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Really, a really bad mortgage here that you're working up against. If, I've got it secured if us and our other friends had, been, had, had a day or two and someone walked in on probably 18 to 20 hours of spending time with each other, there'd be four Monopoly boards next yeah. to each other. <laughs> One of us would have a hammer battering the other one's hands. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what I'm just realising? that This is something that we... I mean, we're talking about back when we were sort of older teenagers. Yes. You know, well, when, sort of when, 17, 18. I was say, just about we could drive and go to Yeah, we'd houses. been to the casino, lost all our money. Then yeah. we thought, let's go home and lose our virtual money yes. as well. <laughs> but I people of that age, they're, not, they're never going to do this, are they? I mean, maybe. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know that Monopoly is such a big thing anymore. I, I mean, well, I know, just, it, it's a big thing in the, in the aspect of you can buy... A version of Monopoly for pretty much every walk of life. Oh yeah, they've they've got everything going. Like I mean, Northampton's got a a Monopoly. Has it? Yeah. Okay. As as has Milton Keynes and loads of other cities. Birmingham and Manchester yeah. will have one. Coventry and, and yeah, they, they've all got a Monopoly board. We I went wonder... to when we went to the Lake District. There's a Lakes. I was going to say, I wonder English what the Heritage smallest... have got one. Have they? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the smallest place, you know, like, the, like a village somewhere that has yeah. its own Monopoly. I wonder what the smallest place in the world, because they are, I mean, it's worldwide. You know, you can get create your own Monopoly as well. Can you? You basically get a blank board and you write the names of the stuff on it. My sister had one. Do you know what she named it? Oh. Charlotopoly. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> okay. she, was about, go. she was about eight or nine, I think, yeah. when she did that. But. I suppose it's, it's, it's just everyone's just seen the Build-A-Bear business model and gone, let's do that. Yeah. Just a lot of copy. I mean, some of the Monopoly, I mean, I've got, a, we've got a few of them. I think you've got we've, friends. Well, I've got the friends or one. I've got still? the... I think that's still here. You robbed okay. it off me a while ago. Uh, you brought it over and then didn't take it. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't okay. remind you. I've got a London 2012 Monopoly. Oh, for the Olympics? For the Olympics. Yeah. I've got normal Monopoly. Uh, I think that's it at the moment. I've had various ones throughout my, throughout my life. I am a lover of Monopoly. Nobody wants to play it anymore, though, because it takes like four or five hours to play. <laughs> well, I think as long as you've got an afternoon to do it in. The problem is people get... It's a bit like... Um, yeah, well, every oh. time you and your partner come over, I always suggest Monopoly, and nobody's ever up for it. I think it's just the excitement you have as you get up. We think, has he been practicing or something? It's like Risk, isn't it? If you play Risk. I've never played Risk. I'd like oh, to. We'll get, I'll get Risk and we'll, I'll bring it over to you at some point. The problem is, is that you can hold on by the absolute skin of your teeth in some. Like, if you've got That's one like the th strategic battle game, isn't it? Yeah, you, you have lose soldiers or gain soldiers in certain yeah, I'd like to you play can that. conquer or lose. I think constant. I had it at one point. It's the sort of game I'd imagine you would have had. Yeah. I, I, I think they might have done a Game of Thrones Risk or something. Almost definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. If not, I should buy it. Well, we know what Sam's doing with his paycheck. No matter oh, how expensive I know, I know it is. What, when someone says, what should we get Sam for his birthday? 
There you go. Just hold oh, it. Oh, God, yeah, but it's months away, mate. You have to remind me much well, sooner. Well, write it down then. Oh, we're doing a podcast. If I start writing, yeah, if only it you had scratch, a pen, maybe it will scratch away on the recording. So that's, oh, that's all right. Sorry, if you've got so. an idea to write down, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. So, should we do a car? Yeah. What, what what we started off talking about a car then? Well, we're talking about the Ranger of Sport. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, but I want to talk about a smaller, and I'm going to put this in inverted commas, uh, SUV. Right. Uh, which was the Hyundai Bayon. Recently come out. Okay, never heard of it. Oh, might have seen one. It's basically Maybe. an i twenty, but lifted, and they call it an SUV. I feel like I might have seen one. Are they out out? Well, I sent you pictures of it because uh, my partner saw it one. for a couple of days, and so we were doing yes. a bit of testing with That's it. That's yeah. where I saw it. Yeah. Um, the, the there's two issues that this car had. There's two. Nothing, there's nothing wrong on on from the sort of outside of it and looking at it and the price. Okay, I don't really get what. You get a little bit more space than you would if you went for an i20. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it that much more? No, but it's not a bad-looking vehicle. No, we all know what you should buy, though. What, a GR86? But they no. can't. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's not what you should buy if you want a Hyundai. <laughs> an, I th- an i20N. No, because I don't like those. I think they t- look too much. They're 25,000, whereas if you want to go for an i30N, it's 35,000. Right. Well, it's a big price difference. Yeah, but it's a bigger car. It is. It's more practical. And the i20 looks a bit too much like someone's got their Lego set out and made a a body kit out of Lego for a car. What you really want is them to finally release this i10N that they're talking about. Oh, that sounds a bit too weird, though. What have you got? An i10N? Yeah, I know. That's when I said it. (laughs) It's a bit like when you get get a Grumman. A Grumman, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I hope that comes through on the recording. (laughs) When you say i10N. So there was a couple of issues with it. One... Uh, one of the things my partner talked about on it was it was slow. Which what I, engine I didn't, did it have? Oh, one, sorry. One little one litre, I think. Yawning um, in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I didn't really have an issue with the speed of it because I didn't expect it. I think she expected it to be a bit quicker. I said, no, for, the, for what it is and for the size of the vehicle and the segment, it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. But if you're used to something of slightly larger hatchback. Yeah, well, she's used to the, the FR Leon that you've got, yeah. which has got a bit of poke about it. And also, I but, but she was she gave me the example said oh, um, in the day one of the days that she had it, she was trying to do some overtaking, and it just took her quite a while to get past oh, okay. uh, a cyclist. Oh, in that's her right, word. Okay, oh, yeah, it wasn't a car. <laughs> right. But talking of the cyclist, this car has, and this is really I've experienced this now several times with new cars that I've driven. This lane departure uh, nudge you back into your lane. Lane oh, it's assist. got like a nudge you in. Yeah, so if you start drifting towards the centre line, right, you're, it will nudge you. Like the steering wheel will sort of nudge you, say, no, no, you're drifting out, unless you're indicating or unless you sort of direct it across. Now, the problem was, worked fine in the cities that we drove it in. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Everywhere that had clear lines, and then we took it out to the countryside, where there were not defined lines. And if you tried to move across where there was not a defined line, yeah try to nudge you back she was doing an overtake of a cyclist yeah and it genuinely tried to kill the cyclist really? as in it it fought her and nudged back and she nearly not expecting that it was going to do that because it was an unmarked road i mean yeah. it a, okay it was a wide enough lane but yeah someone's just gone on there and and i don't have a problem with the cyclist doing that he found himself a nice sort of open bit of countryside it was wide enough road and he's uh going along, along a place that has no traffic yeah so right he's enjoying himself the evening we're just passing go around to pass him he must have had the fright of his life because it was then nearly thrown into him yeah he's actively fought the steering wheel 
I mean, I think I think my partner's Mazda 2 is bad enough. I've got the lane departure warning. So it gives you a set, warning. Set on the most lenient it could be. Yeah. And, you know, when you're on the motorway, and I know you should indicate when you change lane, and I will if the motorway's busy. Well, not but, when you're returning to a lane. You don't have to. No, but also, like, this morning, um, when I dropped her off at the yeah. airport, when I was travelling back at 5.30 in the morning, and there's barely any traffic around. Yes. I don't... I'm not going to indicate from lane one to lane two when there's nobody within a mile. When there's a lorry ahead that's just well, crawling. Well, obviously there'd be someone to overtake but yeah. if there's a lorry, the lorry doesn't need to know that I'm pulling out. No. Because there's nobody else about. And what's saying, when you return, randomly swerve. Once you've passed the lorry and you return into the lane, it's not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in the highway code, you don't have to return when you're returning to the lane you've come out of to overtake. Yeah. You don't need to indicate. Well, yeah, because it. also he's travelling 65 and I'm doing. He's doing 56. Oh, 56. Well, if, doing... if, his, if his limit is working right, they seem to always blow past me at 60. Yeah. Or more. But yeah, I, I think that's annoying enough. So if you've got one that's actually actively that was, trying to tell you where you should be going. I would, I, would, I would actually say that if you live in the countryside and you were considering one of these vehicles, when you go in to speak to the salesman or whoever about it, ask if it either has a... It, if, if you can it, turn if you it can, off. Yeah, I mean, there is a way to turn it off. There is just a button. But if you can at least have a lenient setting, because yeah. if it's either aggressive or off, that's a, that's a rubbish system. That really is not acceptable. The problem is with turning them off if you can just turn them off the button because you can turn the lane departure warning off on the Mazda. Okay. But it illuminates a light on the dashboard to say it's off. So you're driving along with a light. So what I don't time. want... I know it's only a trivial thing, yeah, but, but I don't want a light illuminated at me no, on the dashboard. I wouldn't either. Because I usually, if I see a light illuminated, I'll look down at the dash thinking, well, what's gone wrong? So the, the next thing this time they did that was, again, just bizarre, it buzzed away when it was left, so getting out of the car, and it buzzed away and it was trying to indicate something. Mm-hmm. Better look at it. No, it's fine. You know, seat belts are off, whatever. Yeah. Left it. Come back overnight. Battery's dead. This is a brand new vehicle. It done, uh, I think, 100 and odd miles. Okay. Battery has died overnight. No clear sign. You know, it's not like the headlights were... The headlights have been left on, as in, you, I could, we were walking around, I could see them. Yeah. Oh, wow, this is a bit light around here, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> in the countryside, yeah. we've driven it to. Then, <laughs> then it would be really obvious that, you know, that's the mistake that's been made here. But there was nothing yeah. obvious... And the battery, and it wasn't just like, oh, it's a bit, you know, it's gone a bit flat. Completely dead. So whatever it was had drained the whole battery. So it must have been something that was drawing a lot of power. But, but actively, it's not giving you enough of a warning or a direction about what was, you've done. There was nothing clearly, sh- I mean, as I say, it bleeped and buzzed and stuff like that, as they do now, you know, or oh, you've left your key, you know, open the door with the key in the ignition. Yeah. You'll get a beep to tell you you're leaving the key. Yeah, or because, if the car's running and you've you, opened the door. Yeah, or... you've driven all the way here with the key in the ignition, and then you've taken it out. You know, you haven't taken it out as you've opened the door, and you must have forgotten it. Not you've just opened the door. Yeah, because some people open the door and then grab the grabbing the key out. I think is probably the last thing I do as I leave my car. Just trying to work out how I, I get out of my key car. Door. So key. But I think I'll handle. pull up, turn the car off. Obviously, a lot of cars are keyless now, but. No, I might take it out first, but there will be times if I'm just listening to the end of a song or whatever that I'll open yep. the door, get all my stuff together, put my bag on my back as I get yep. out, and then and take then the even key if out. you've got keyless, you you still have to push the button to stop. Yeah, so that's the last thing you would do. Yeah. I think this one is that you know there's a bit of a distraction. Someone had come out and sort of said hello, and you know just however the door had got opened. And that well, I know was... how distracting it is for you when people speak to you. <laughs> it's very easily distracted. You're you're incredibly distracted in here, mate. You keep talking to me. Well, we are. It's it's almost as if that's the whole concept of this room. I'm trying to do a monologue to the audience. (laughs) (laughs) You never actually wanted to do a podcast, did you? You actually just try and start for an acting job. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you bought all this setup. 
<laughs> so um so the battery it was just i don't know after having been around i don't know i was actually i don't know that if someone came up to me and said i've driven this and i've driven a couple of other cars at the minute for me the bayon would go to the back of the queue yeah and and, and it's not actually the battery dying that could have been it was it was a it was a very new vehicle so it could have just been that something was wrong from manufacturer that will, that will get resolved yeah. very, very quickly and it could have just been that one car for that i'll give it a part did you ever work out what you'd left on no nope. because for you to leave something on that's well, if it's the headlights, it, I'd be laughing at you because it's pretty schoolboy era, and I feel like you'd probably notice that because you're not an idiot. Yeah. Anything else that you'd left on, I don't really know what this it would is be it, yeah. and why you wouldn't notice. As I say, if it had been something really obvious, I'd be kicking myself for not having noticed. But having then driven it the next day and not having this issue, yeah, and not having done anything different, couldn't really understand. And and as I say, for something to drain the whole battery overnight, it's not like you could. Have left something very small. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something in a modern car that wouldn't drain a lot. Of well, I mean, energy, they're designed but... to leave the parking light on overnight. That's what I was going to say. Something like a parking light. If that's got it's, on, but it's got enough for that to stay on overnight. Hasn't oh it? yeah, definitely. That the whole yeah. When I've the whole driven, point of it. When I've driven in Sweden, this is very common for people to leave the parking light on one side because if you've stopped outside your home, it's pitch black. Yeah, and if uh, it's I, snowing, I I would gamble that I or bet sorry that. A lot of people don't actually know how to leave the parking light on on their car. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, I don't know actually. Yeah, probably not in the UK. I mean, I worked. Don't... I worked out by accident when I was younger. What happened? Because you left the indicator stalk up. No, I just accidentally lent on the indicator stalk as I was getting out, having turned the engine off. Yeah. And then it obviously tells you that there's a light on. Yeah, yeah. Because it just illuminates the indicator for whichever side you've got on. Yeah, or the side light. and stays on the side light. Yeah, yeah. no. So, but yeah. on the dashboard, it illuminates yes. the indicator stalk. Yeah, and on the some... Astra anyway. For some cars, you have to turn the lights to side light and then indicator on, and or knock one off. Yeah, but okay. yeah, you need to use the yeah. indicator. But I mean, I found it out by accident. I don't think it's necessarily common knowledge. No, I suppose over here we wouldn't necessarily have the the need to know. Well, we have the need to know, but it's very rare that people would use yeah. it. I mean, I feel like if I text my sister now and asked her if she knows how to leave the parking light on in her car, she'd probably say no. Interesting, yeah, because she would have done her. I don't know whether my mum would know. Oh, I don't know. I'm not saying that she definitely wouldn't. No, no, okay. Maybe an interesting what about one. what about people that you work with who are sort of around machinery and stuff uh, all day I long? I feel like one of my colleagues definitely would. The other one maybe not. Will would probably know. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of older cars. I'm assuming it's something that was on. Probably more prominent, yeah. maybe in the older sort of cars. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. Um. So yeah, from this that that's that was my big thing about the Bayon. I just quite liked it coming into it and, and it, it was comfortable and seats yeah. were, were nice enough and interior is nice enough and actually for hyundai to provide a vehicle like that in that size segment yeah i i just think what why why do you need it over an i20 it is a little bit higher so possibly if you're a little bit less able a little bit less mobile you're very tall you know for those reasons i could see you'd want it yeah i can see not, why people would want that sort of car it's just that you're not lifted they call it an SUV, and you know? oh, it's a very, very loose yeah. use of the word SUV. To me, it's a small crossover at best. I mean, I know someone that's... I've got a friend that sold a Golf to buy oh, a yeah. t- uh, T-Rock for that exact reason. Because of Cause a... it's easier to get in and out of. Yeah, yeah. And they're in and out of their car quite a lot during the day. So so if someone said to me, oh, I need something a bit easier to get in and out, and I've looked at these, I'd say Bayon at the minute for me would go back of the queue. Because yeah. of those issues, I, I just yeah, find... Yeah. 
I say the, the battery going dead. That could have it's been got a bit specific. of a weird name as well. Don't really like it. It's a bit of a weird name, but the battery going dead that could have been specific to that one particular car, and it could be something that's just by chance. And I say very new car, something like that, a teething problem in the first few hundred miles. I could accept that. The nearly cr- going into it, and I mean, that's dangerous. The yeah, fact that's, that it, that's not good enough. To me, the system should say, if I can clearly see defined lines, I'm on. If I cannot clearly see defined lines, I just switch off entirely. Because it's do just you know, getting... Do you know if the systems go off paint or just lines that they see in the thing? Well, this is the thing. Because I think it's sometimes just lines. Because yeah. when I've changed, been driving down a country lane, yep. and they've resurfaced some of it, and there is a line of split in the tarmac down the middle yeah. of the road. Yeah, yeah it's sometimes beeped when I've gone over that. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm, not, I'm just avoiding for. a pothole. Yeah. I'm not well, I'm avoiding driving into a ditch. <laughs> and this is the problem is if you need to overtake, and majority of the times it would be a cyclist, you yeah, have to go out yeah. half in. I mean, it's very considerate and you should. And actually, with the, all the changes that the highway code has decided we have to do, yeah. you have to basically get jump into a tree on the other side of the road or something yeah. to get around them. But you need to leave, what they, I think they quote it, at one and a half or two metres of space, so six, about six feet. This will interest you on the highway code, actually, a little tip oh, for on. you. So um, on your favourite social media of Facebook the other day, somebody put in a, uh, a residence page of somewhere I used to live, whinging about drivers, oh, right. um, saying, I, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something along the lines of, um, I'm fed up with drivers not indicating, almost just got run over at a T-junction, don't you know the highway code has changed? You, uh, Why should I be looking out for cars for indicating? On the road? Yeah. Right. So... I don't usually, but I I engaged, <laughs> and I, I don't know why it wound me up a little bit. But I tried to put it across as a measured argument. I said, "Look, I understand that the highway code has changed, and that that's fine. The highway code has changed, and it says that car drivers are now effectively responsible for looking out for pedestrians wherever yeah. they might materialise from in the road." I said, "But as a pedestrian, even if a car's not indicating, if you're waiting at a T junction to cross the road or to cross the T junction, the T bit of the road, the stalk of the T." And there's a car coming down the main road that looks like it might be turning or you have a hunch that it might be turning or even it just might be turning. Are you not better off, even if they're not indicating, waiting for a second to see whether the car is going to turn? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we can all have an arrogant mindset of, well, the highway code says that I can walk into the road whenever I want to. Yeah. But fine, go with that if that's what you want to do. But at the end of the day... Are you not better off waiting? Because, because if you do walk out and that car is turning, who's the one that's going to get hurt? Exactly, yeah. All right. You, and you, the highway you code could, is invisible. You could sue the guy. The, yeah, but, but Great, it's not much good for you. You've got you've... two broken legs and you haven't been at work for six months. Yeah. To me, it's... I, 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 just, I, I mean, I didn't say it aggressively. I just tried no, to put no. it across of saying... And to be fair, he did come back to me. He said, well, you know, it's a fair point, but drivers should also indicate. And I said, yeah, they should. No question. But but... Unfortunately, we all, do, we all don't do things that we should do and we all do things that we shouldn't do. And unfortunately... You've got to look out for yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, because you know that there's some great drivers on the road, people that really take pride in with driving or they've you know, listened to all their instruction things that they had to learn. And they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. There's other people that are very average drivers. You know, that's not really a passion, but they get on with it just fine and they don't break any rules and blah, blah, blah. And then there are people that... They got a driving license on their, you know... Somehow. T- yeah. <laughs> and, and they really they have such low interest in driving... Well, yeah, driving is almost the fourth or fifth thing on their list of things to do whilst driving. And Yes, and they're so distracted or whatever, and they're poor drivers, and they they shouldn't be on the road, but they've been given a driving licence, and the way our laws work is once you've got a driving licence, unless it's taken away from you... Then you've you've got it, And for the majority of the time, it's because you were speeding or drunk. 
yeah. that then you're going to keep that license and never be retailed. I find it very strange that we don't have, I don't think we should pay for it, but just have a government-led scheme of saying, because how, do you, how would you reduce road collisions? Yeah. Every two years you have to say to someone, you have to come in, and not a full retest, but you come you in do for a, a refresher. refresher. You just, well, you don't even have to come in, do it online if you do want. Do it online. No, but I mean actually going with someone in your car. My, oh, my, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My partner did the Institute of Advanced Motorists about six or seven years after she passed Ooh, her test. Fancy. She got it as a gift. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> her parents got it for her, yeah. Right. But she did it and she said, actually, there was quite a few things because they do it by, uh, they'll go out with you in your car, I think, on three occasions and then they'll take you out in their car. Okay. Uh, on the last time you see them. Yeah. And so they're trying to correct little errors that you may have picked up along the way. They're trying to correct uh, little habits that you may have picked up or, or they're teaching you the best way to move from A to B efficiently with speed and with diligence is that what used to be called pass plus when we were no younger? or is that different that's different pass plus is more for people younger people just to get advanced training within motor oh, right, and stuff okay. like this this is more than if you want to be an advanced institute of advanced motor yeah, yeah. advanced okay. driving um and yeah she said it opened her eyes to a lot of things and and they teach in their driving that speed limits are should be like the last thing you consider yeah okay because what yeah everything out of your windscreen is priority one yeah and then it's how you're reacting to the things out of the windscreen now they're not saying go and do 100 miles an hour everywhere that's not what they're saying at all they're just saying priority one is everything around you yes priority two is making sure that you're at the right speed but you should be judging that by looking out of a windscreen yeah. they're not you know we're not talking about pilots that can't it would be an impossible for a pilot just to look out of as he's landing ah, i'm doing 400 miles an hour yes <laughs> oh i'm doing 380 now they, they yeah. need the instruments whereas if you're going through you a should be able to gauge like going through a village you should if you look down at your speedo going through a village you should always be roughly around 30 yeah and you should sort of know or oh, under obviously. i'm going quite a bit faster than that or quite a bit slower yeah. you should be able to just it should gauge be a, that nat from... a natural thing because you drive you're looking you're is hazard perception that's the whole yeah. thing you're taught in driving i actually just quickly before we move on off on the um uh, the highway code mm. since it's changed i was out the other week i think i was coming here actually and i come the country route because i find it it's a nice drive and yeah, it's yeah. the quickest mileage way of doing it and there was a, a group of cyclists out and they were riding three abreast now they knew i was behind them because they turned around and they saw me they continued to ride three abreast okay and i will admit that when it comes to cyclists sometimes i am i have a shorter temper when it comes to cyclists well, if they're riding three abreast in front of you. Yeah. So as I passed, after I'm not exaggerating because I looked at my, my, uh, my mileage thing. Oh, we did this once when I was a in the A mile car and a half I was behind these people oh, okay. on a straight road. Wow. It was just bumpy, so I couldn't overtake because I couldn't see you what was coming over the blind hills. You can't long distance, yeah. Um, I wound my window down as I went past. I said, do you need to ride three abreast? Yeah. I may have shouted it louder than that. Obviously, I don't want to shout down the microphone. And they turned around and basically told me to mind my blanking business. Oh, really? Yeah. And then the other, and then Mind one of them, the older chap with that was obviously the, the father of the group, the if you like. Yeah. Shouted, "Haven't you read the new highway code?" Are they going to at that, that point? I they? thought, well, I've got two choices. I can either stop and tell them that the highway code doesn't tell you to ride three abreast and take up the whole road. Yeah. Or I can just carry on and just think that they're just angry little gnomes on bicycles, which do, I did. Do, do you know the problem is, and we talked about this when we covered the highway code off, is that just because there's being right and there's being hit by a car and, yeah, I, exactly. and i'm not interested in being right i'm interested in everyone who starts a journey whether on in a car a bicycle walking 
yeah. getting to the end of their destination safely. And I say from just no, from, I've got I've got no issue with people being on bikes on bikes no, no, on but the road. But, but just, there's a there's we're an all there together. To like yeah. you know, except that I am moving faster than you because I'm in a car. Yeah, I don't feel. Well, you know, I probably ha I paid road tax. You, they don't necessarily pay road tax, but well, not for this bicycle, no. No, but they, they will do if they've got a car. So they've got every right to be on the road doing whatever they want. But have some common sense. Think, well, I could ride in the middle of the road because a book has told me that I can ride in the middle of the road. Yeah. Or the 15 cars that are now stuck behind me, I could just pull over to the side and let them all pass and everyone could carry on with their day. I, I find there's some, and they're always the prominent ones, unfortunately, are just antagonistic. Yeah, they want the argument. And for years, because they've been passed, and I imagine some of them have. They've been passed really close by lorries, vans, cars. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and, and, it and it's, be very it's probably scary for Oh, them. yeah. So now they've got these Well, they had a bay on nearly that, hit them last yeah, week. Yeah. Now they've got these additional rights and protections. They're, they're, they're using them to the fullest extent. They're pushing the boundaries of what it should be. Yeah. I, I was saying to Kat the other day when we were driving, we were um, going down the motorway, actually, and we had all the lorries on lane one, um, some cars in lane two, and lane three was actually, for once, pretty much clear. Okay. Yeah. Um, we weren't. We weren't. Please we, tell me there was a cyclist in there. <laughs> no, we were. We were speeding. We were doing eighty, but I don't That's it, necessarily it class that as speeding. You mean you were doing the seventy outside... seven? Uh, yes. Yes. Like, I was motoring. Yeah. yeah. But you misspoke I, there. For Pete, 80, yeah. Yes, I did. Sorry. How silly of me. Um, I miss said seventy five as uh, a seventy <laughs> as eighty. <laughs> Good thing a very close um, friend of ours is a solicitor. I'm yeah, sure he's like he's going to well, be needed now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, people were. As as we and there's obviously people that overtook us. As people were coming up behind us, I'd move into lane two if I was overtaking or move into lane one. They would come past and I'd move back out. Everybody was moving okay. out of each other's way when there was yeah. someone faster coming along. Yeah, yeah. I was saying to Kat, I said, This is how the road should work. We yeah. don't necessarily need a seventy mile an hour speed limit in this country anymore on the motorways. If everybody just operated like this, where you sit in lanes one and two, and then you use lane three for overtaking, you move out of someone's way if they're going faster than you, rather than going, well, I'm doing 79, you're doing 86, so I'm going to sit here and annoy you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would just make everywhere, and it's the same with the cyclists and the cars and the pedestrians and the cyclists, and, you know, it works its way down. Yeah. I just think you're if right. everybody was a bit kinder to each other, there'd well, be a lot less road rage. The thing is, all these new rules, they're just creating road rage. That's all that's happening. Yeah, it's like, um, instead of people getting on with each other and finding a middle ground, let's just hem them in with loads and loads of extra it's, it's rules. It, <laughs> this word's used far too much nowadays, but it's almost extremist behaviour within yeah, the roads, if you know what I mean. I'm yeah, not talking yeah. terrorism, but you know, you've got car drivers that think they own the road and nobody else has a right to be on it. Yeah. Cyclists think, well, I now ride in the middle of the road and you can't come past me. The worst thing I think is that why why are two extreme levels uh, creating rules and creating things for the rest of us to follow when they're the extremes? Yeah, exactly. This is like yeah, online yeah. social media. You get 50 people complaining about something and all of a sudden the rules change. Like, Hold on a minute. The general population, which is the other 70 million people in the country, <laughs> yeah. you know, or in Europe, half a billion people didn't have a problem with this. But because three or four hundred people did, we've got to do something about it. And you're like, hold on. Unfortunately, maybe, maybe they're the problem. Yeah, we just live in the shout loudest you win competition. Yeah, and, days, and then we? it just it angers someone else because what they, they lost an argument. So they want then there to be something that gets them to win. Yeah. And it, no one wins. Oh, you've which, hit the nail on the head there. It's all about winning nowadays, no matter what, whether it's social media, driving, work, whatever. Yeah. It's not about just getting on and being happy anymore. It's about winning. Yeah. You have to be right and everybody else can't. Everybody else has to be wrong, I think, is that that's the thing here. There's so many people that where it's not just that they are right, 
it's that they have to prove that the other people are wrong. I've, yeah, again, this is where a few times I've said it, and I said it just with that in the last podcast about I was wrong when I said that Nando's bag. I mean, it's very, very trivial. But yeah, yeah. I'm quite happy. But it's like Nando's now go out and replacing, uh, releasing a publicity statement saying, Miles was wrong. Yeah. Look at us, we're the best in the world because Miles was wrong. Instead of me saying, you know what, that time. And I, I remember. You know, I messed up, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had this with a lecturer when I just started university. I remember he, we were in a, he asked about petrol stations around the university and someone was very sure there was a, an ESO or something like that. And he yeah. was very sure, having lived around here, that there, it wasn't. Okay, and he sort of no, he didn't shut this person down uh, in any aggressive way. He just said, "No, I, I'm I'm sure you're wrong." Yeah. So you know, in the next lecture, in such time, he had been proven the lecturer had been proven wrong, and he started the lecture by saying, "Sorry, I just want to put my hand up to all of you, and say I was wrong, and there was a student here, and I can't remember your name, but you were right there, isn't it?" And I just thought I got so much more respect for this person now because yeah. they're a lecturer. This is a 55 year old person that's been doing this their entire life. They don't have to apologise to a bunch of snotty 20 year olds that are no. trying to get a degree. But he wanted to make it clear that that's the right thing to do. That... And it, it makes it not a thing. Yeah. Everything's made into a thing now. Anyway, we've gone well off cars. Yeah, we're talking about society as a whole now. So oh, yeah, well, we I could slip us into cars. some economic theory if you want no, to. No, Christ. Um, um, anyway, Miles, fantastic news. Oh, yeah. Okay, go on. Did you know Dacia Dacia have made <laughs> their 10th... Tent... <laughs> well, you never know how to say things. Like no, yeah. Start calling it Ikea, Ikea. Yeah, now. we don't, we don't want to protest and start against you for <laughs> saying it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I was right and you were wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Dacia, Dacia. Oh, I messed up. Dacia, Dacia. I know, you're going to have to give us three different. Have, have made their 10 millionth vehicle. 10 million? Wow, okay. Well, I suppose they're quite a new... Mm. Oh. Ah, oh, what were you going to say? What were you going to say then? I say they're quite a new car company, but I don't they think they are. They are not. When do you think they were created? Oh, hold on. Listeners. Just in your own heads, get a date in mind. No, you don't have to get a, a month, just get a year. We'll give you five seconds. And I'm going to think <laughs> of an answer while, while you ever think as well. Um, do, 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 well, do, I hadn't do, heard do, of them. Do, 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 do. I'm going to go in the 1990s, 94. Okay, well, you're a long way out. 1966. Well, so we're a good year so all round. England won the World Cup and, and Dacia was created. So, so Romanians were watching England win the World Cup and thought, we should start a car company. They were, and if I, I don't know if I've still got the right page up. What was the car that they built? I have still got the right page up. I just want to read a little oh, quote on. from when Dacia was launched. Oh, unfortunately, it seems to have gone on the wrong page. Sam has been told about mumbling off because it will cut him yep, off. Sorry, anyway. Set of microphones. So I just want, this is from the Dacia website. It's right. It said, Dacia was created in Romania in 1966 with a clear objective to provide modern, reliable and affordable vehicles to the people of Romania. It okay. was dubbed Dacia after the name given by the Romans to the region now known as Romania. Oh, interesting. Now, this bit will make you chuckle, and we're not poking fun at any companies in particular, but it's just a funny statement. Renault took over Dacia Dacia in 1999, making a strategic shift. Dacia Dacia thus then became a group Renault brand, opening up a new era in terms of quality. As in... They... From Renault. <laughs> so when... The you... hallmark of quality in automotive. When Renault are walking in the door and saying, we're going to uplift the quality here, you know, you must have been doing it really wrong. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what their first car that they launched after the, the, re, uh, oh. after the rebrand Oh, was? after the rebrand? Yeah. Well, was it the Sandero? No. It was in 2004. Um, no. The Logan. Really? Yep. The Logan was the first one they released. That was in 2004. Because they still make the Logan, don't they? Yes. And then the Sandero came the out in was... 2008. How funny that the Sandero was second. I would have put it the way around. But then I suppose the Sandero got all the press. Um, 
What was the car that was built? Oh, the, the, ten, the 10 millionth car was a Dacia, Dust, Dacia Dacia Duster Extreme SE Ooh. in urban grey. Oh, that's Made on the 20th of April, 2022. Did, were you buying it? Was that the car you've ordered? That no, it just, was not the car that, that I ordered. Like what, because it was grey? Uh, because was, I like a grey car. The, what was the grey? Urban grey. That is, that is such a no, sad Hi, I'd like my car in urban grey. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, I, I was out with Kat yesterday and we drove past 930N. And it was, was it in urban grey? No, it was in like a new sort of, it was like a silvery blue. But like a really light blue, not like the sky blue they come out in, is which is okay. their standard colour. Yeah. And I did say to her, I said, oh, I'll tell you what, if we ever like won some money or came in some money and I yeah, could yeah. buy one, I think I'd buy it in that colour or the gunmetal grey that it comes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so grey or silver for Sam? Yes. Right. Good. I, I, I do like the uh, extreme colours. I tell you what, I do orange? like the lay on in that orange that it comes in. Oh yeah. That's or a good the colour. the uh, the like electric blue. And you can, yes. you can get it in green yes. as well. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm talking I don't about know. I'm FRs and Coopers. There is a name of that blue colour. It's like a mid-blue. It's not, it's, mm, it's not mid. It's like light no, it's, to mid. it's really like vibrant. Popping. It? Like yeah. the sky, yeah. but on a, like a... If you were in, say, Greece like, or Spain... Yeah. And you when you go on sky, holiday yeah. and you take that first picture of the sea... Yes, that's <laughs> ...with <it>. the sun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so that was, the, uh, that was the fantastic news from Dacia Dacia. Okay. Well, yeah, as I said in a, in a few podcasts ago, I'm glad they exist because they do bring a, a sense of normality to a market that seems to want to charge a million pounds for half a wheel. Yeah, and they've got a good um, a good uh, marketing chap who yeah. does their thing. He's the same guy that does the Ikea Ikea. Oh, is adverts. he? Yeah. Is that okay. Um, we'll move on to that then for uh, two, a one series, or washing a one series, as it was made. Oh, well, hey, here we a, go, guys. One series Get here. your sponges at the ready. Get your turtle wax out and get the water in the bucket. I'm not going to talk too much about the engine. just because oh, I hope it, not. <laughs> only no, he what, said washing. We're talking about an engine just for the driving perspective i just said i'm not going to talk too much about the driving perspective just oh, because just cleaning it yeah well because it's a 118 it was a 118 diesel so there's Ooh. it's as a bmw probably would almost definitely talk you out of buying one if they're even still selling that you're getting the viewers ex- the listeners excited Mark. yeah so it was, it, was a, it was a six month old i think it was so anyway uh and it was a non m sport oh great so there's a couple of things i want to point People out on the edge of their seats yeah they are they are, they're desperate to know about this. This is regular reviewer car <laughs> advice. The first thing, the you know, BMW, solid feeling car. Uh, my partner's mum uh, yep. had uh, a group of, well, about three Italian guys in a van once decided that they didn't want to stop for a roundabout that she had stopped for because there was traffic moving. Okay. And I'm saying they're Italian because they were in an Italian registered transit and they'd driven all the way from Italy. Coventry, where she wow. was, where she had, was driving at the time, and uh, decided to drive into the back of her, and she had a previous one series. Okay, and obviously, it, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad, but you know, getting hit when you're stationary and someone else is moving is never comfortable. And she went to the doctor and just sort of said, "Look, I don't want to do this whole, oh, I've got whiplash, blah blah, but genuinely, my neck and my shoulders are in a lot of pain because I've been jolted forwards and yeah." And the, apparently the doc said to her at the time, oh, well, you know, what vehicle were you in? She said, it's a BMW. Oh, well, at least you were in something sort of solid. And she agreed. She said, yeah, you know, yeah. and it just needed a new rear bumper. And, you know, the insurance covered it and everything. It was a bit difficult for her because they had rented this van in Italy. All their forms were in Italian. Oh, God. One of them spoke okay-ish English. The other two spoke barely any English. Right. So... You know, any but so this one series we we got 
one of the things that got me was the rear spoiler it creaks like an old wooden chair if you put any pressure on it so really was, yeah look i'm a bit sad everyone and if we get a car in i'll try and give it a wash because i think you learn more from half an hour of just putting a bucket and sponge over a car uh, he makes it out like he doesn't stand out there caressing the car with his bucket. It's like watching some sort of um, like a love film. black and white Parisian. Um, Parisian? Yeah, I'm just, what, what, uh, they're like no, movies that didn't have words. What are they called? Oh, what, the silent movies? Yeah, the... silent movies, yeah. <laughs> just you, <laughs> just, what, just, you, just you washing a car. Yes. Yeah, I, I got lost then. I was thinking of talkies. Oh, that, was, that, that was, was when they had talking. In them. That was a big, that would be a big thing over in France. They'd probably be filming that and have me over there. Well, I could I, have, have I, that with... Um, What's the instrument they play in France? No, the one that's like the bagpipe. I was about to say you can look at me, but no. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah with that thing. Anyway, one of those, one of those playing in the background, but black and white, just that noise, and then Miles just caressing the the wings of a car. You see a lot of reviewers, and they'll walk around a car and they sort of point out a few bits. But I think if you're washing a car, you'll learn a lot about it. As in, well, why is this? You know, like on the front bumper details, for example. If you start washing, you think. Oh, that's a bit odd. There's actually a, a and for example, on the one series, there is an air duct going to the front wheel. Oh, okay. Well, it's sort of a, but it's aiming to go towards the brake, but it seems yeah. to stop and only go to the front wheel. Ah. So I don't know whether that's just an air efficiency thing or what. But anyway, it's not calling the brakes. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, at the rear though, as I say, wash the roof, and I, and I put my hand over the spoiler, and it was. I would have thought it would be, you know, if you bought an old plastic chair, you know, the sort of thing that if you were having a barbecue and you had, say, 12 chairs. Yeah. And then 15 people turned up and you okay. thought, oh, I've got those old plastic chairs in the garage. On the, oh, yeah. No. Like the old green ones. Yeah. The old green ones. You thought, oh, like, I didn't throw them away just in case this ever happened. Yeah. They're covered in spiders and dust, but yeah. I'll go and rub one off the towel. And so, but, you know, all the guests are watching you as you sort of like flay a spider off, <laughs> yeah. off of a couple of chairs. With a tea towel. And then someone sits in it. And for the entire evening that they're sat in it, it just creaks backwards and forwards because it's an old plastic thing that's ready yeah, to yeah. snap in half. This is exactly what that spoiler this wasn't a, a, an M Sport. This is the regular sort of aero spoiler they have on uh -huh. the back. The had two issues. One, it was creaking like you wouldn't believe. I thought, consider how solid the rest of the car felt. Yeah. Just creaking and creaking away. Underneath the spoiler, there's an area where dirt can just get stuck up there. And it's too small for you to... I had to stick a sponge up there <laughs> and try and get like a, a detailing brush to sort of wedge the sponge <laughs> to get the dirt out. Brilliant. So I was like... Well, that seems pretty poor design. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really understand why BMW have done that. Um, what other notes have I got on there? Oh, the grills. The grills are just a pain. They, they have grills that open and shut now. Oh, air. wow, okay. The problem is that they get dirt in between the grills. Yeah. Which is really difficult to clean out. Yeah, I bet. And it, will just make, it just made the car. I managed to get to it, and I looked at it, and how it had been delivered to me... Versus how it looked after I cleaned that. It looked so much fresher. And they've got quite big grills now as well, haven't they? These so. huge, and there's so huge gaps in between them as well. What else did I have on it? There was something, oh, the, uh, it was an auto gearbox, and I found it really weird. For, if you go to reverse, it's, it was, it, the driving part was fine, but the clunk you had from reverse to drive, oh, Okay. It, again, it wasn't, it wasn't smooth like I expected. Well, almost like when you're driving a, an older manual and you sort of still rolling forward ever so slightly and you put yeah. it into reverse, you get that. Reminded me a bit. Not of, necessarily the gearbox crunch, but the sort of clunk that you get. Yeah, and you it. clunk sort of forwards and backwards. I'm trying to think of what it was. Uh, it was like an old Land Rover Discovery. 
like in Discovery 2, the auto gearbox and that, you definitely knew you were shifting. Okay. Or if you were moving the diffs around, it just, I don't know, but it might have just been because it was cold and it was just like started. shunting a train around. Not what you expect from a one series either way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do they have? And, oh, the wheel design. If you go and buy one of these cars, just as a point, do not get the standard five-spoke wheels. Like, just pick another one. And I know people say, I don't wash my car, I don't care. It was six months old. The design is spokes on the outside, mm -hmm. and then the lip yeah. is on the inside of the spokes. A oh. full lip Interesting. on the inside. So what happens? Tons get, of dirt yeah. gets stuck behind the spoke yeah. because there's a dip and then the sort of the barrel of the wheel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you know if you had a lipped... So if, you, if people are sort of trying to envision this, if you've ever looked at a wheel and it's got the tyre and then it sort of goes inwards a little bit before yeah. you see the spoke, that's a lip on the edge. Now this had the opposite. The lip was there, but the spokes were in front of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's weird. So trying to get a, a sponge around there and I was just like, oh, there's just dirt caked in here. I'm never yeah. going to be able to clean that. I mean, I'm not looking to do a perfect job here. This is a case of me just trying to spend a bit of time in the car and see if there's anything I can report back. And yeah. Oh, it's just like, these are filthy. <laughs> it's just yeah, you know, they're just trapping dirt. This was not an old car. This is sort of six months old. So that I thought was um was particularly poor. Have I got anything else? Sam, I'll let you waffle for a second, or if you've got any questions. Um other than how you've managed to do a ten or fifteen minute <laughs> section on washing car. Well the other thing is it didn't feel but bearing in mind that this will be the entry for a lot of people into BMW. Yeah, okay. It didn't quite have so do you remember uh, when I was in my early 20s, I got my first, the b first BMW I ever owned, which was mm -hmm. a three series yes. coupe. The one, with, the one with the uh, fuel, the fuel, the fuel MPG, gauge, gauge. the MPG <laughs> that you enjoy. And from owning that car, I've always liked BMWs. Mm -hmm. yeah, I because know that have. was my first introduction to ever being with that brand. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have afforded one when I was a bit younger. This one came up. I could afford it. Yeah, we've always been the opposite in that because I've never been a massive BMW guy. The no, only but thing, you, but you the... quite like that one I had. Yeah, but really for me, it's only the one three five or the one forty. Yes. Yeah, I know you got. Yeah. And I haven't driven either of them, so but I don't know whether I actually liked them. The point to me was is that after having owned it, I would definitely own another one. Like it just had such a oh, nice I I mean, premium feel to it. Several of them. Some yeah, really I've bad just ones. broken <laughs> ones. Yeah. Um, this, if I bought one, you know, if I was mid-twenties, looking for my first new car ever, or used, but my first sort of nicer car, if you like. Yeah, your you first know. sort of three-year-old, yes. three to one-year-old yeah. car. So you've been either at university, or you've started at your 18, and you've been working your way up the ladder, and now you've got the opportunity, you can buy something, and you think, oh, our friend's actually done this. Yeah, he, he has, owns and he's, one got, he's got a 118D, yeah. hasn't he? <laughs> uh, what has he got? No, he's got petrol. Has he? Yeah, because I told him not to get the diesel. Oh, okay. Because he lives in Bristol. 116. He's got, I believe, no? Yeah, I think it's a 116i. 116i M Sport. No, he put some M Sport. Oh, he put M Sport it, stuff we, on it. Yes, we we've, we've been off. ribbing yes. about him. Um, but the point for that was that because he lives in Bristol and they're, they're thinking of bringing in the diesel bands yeah, and okay, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I said to him, just go with the petrol because he's not going to sell it. He's going to drive yeah. that car for a long time. And I said, it's well, he'll try. He'll try. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing for me was if I bought this or got this one series as, you know, my first entry into the brand, it didn't. It felt solid. Yeah. It did feel a little bit, I don't want to say premium over a Golf or a Audi. You know, it, it had something about it, uh -huh. but it was quite, it, it was quite forgettable almost. Like, I don't know if it would be enough that I would say, say, if I was that young mid-twenties person who got that car, 
three years time maybe you're looking for a family car or whatever it might be or a sports car do you step up and get another one yeah i don't i don't there wasn't enough there that would pull me into thinking i can't i don't want to leave this brand you know i would definitely be shopping across yeah the brands well that's a shame so anyway moving on from there sam have you got any other subjects you want to bring up or can i finally talk about inflation you can talk about inflation i've got one thing to as the last subject oh go on no as the last subject Listen. Oh, right. Listen. Sorry. At the very end. Sorry. Yeah. I've just got to check my notes. I haven't. I'm not. Um, I think I think everything I've written here is about inflation. Really? Well, not everything here. You wanted but... to talk about petrol prices. I can talk about petrol prices. Well, that, that's part of my inflation uh, oh, okay. conversation. I think the, other, the only other thing I wanted to point out was um, I was looking at some electric ranges the other day, okay. particularly for some of the brands that are doing shares of electric, like we had the electric van. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of other companies that do that same van, and it's the same thing. Yeah. But, interestingly, they're quoting different ranges okay. from what is essentially the same product, uh, product. And more interesting than that, one of them said that if you were doing, and this I think is fairly common with battery vehicles, if you're doing town driving, you get more miles okay. than if you're doing highway driving. So it's the opposite of what we get from a petrol diesel. Yeah, because you're putting more strain on the batteries doing higher speeds. Yes. So. And the motor's a single gear, so yeah. it's just spinning at a higher rate. Yeah. But they were quoting it can be as much as half, which meant the range, if you were just doing a motorway trip, they quote 80 miles an hour. I'm not saying you'd be doing 80, but it's what the manufacturer quotes. At 80 miles an hour, you could do 80 miles. I'll tell you what, that Tesla that came past me at, at and I'm not exaggerating, 120 yes. the other day would yeah. have been, uh, yeah. Well, he's okay because he had the 300 mile range to begin with. Probably. Well, hopefully he only had a 50 mile range left the way he was sitting up the backside of people. Yeah. Well, then he'll be straight onto a supercharger and he'll be back on the way, won't he? Oh, great. <laughs> but what only thing that I brought up, I said this in the last podcast, I had to do that long diversion around Stansted to get. Yeah. If I'd been an electric vehicle, I'd have been very nervous because I was not driving through parts of the country where I would have seen, I didn't see a single charge point or, yeah, or even let alone a supercharger. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you're an electric car going somewhere and you get a diversion like that, that's again it. I, I'm not trying to add to the range anxiety argument. It was just a consideration for me to think, because it happened when we had the van. Yeah, of course it did. And I said I got, got that diversion. diversion. Yeah, yeah. No, but I knew I had, I can't remember what was left in it, 70 miles, and I knew I only had 30 miles at best. Yeah, so you were all good. So I was covered. But when you're sent off, diversions that get you in the middle of the night usually send you to the, somewhere you've never been before in the countryside. Oh, yeah, they really are out the way, aren't they? Yeah, and you know, if you've only got, I don't know, 50 miles of range and you're sent on a long detour and you've only got to take one wrong turn and before you know it you could be really struggling so just a consideration on the side of uh, ranges and how they how they drop off now sam yes miles what can i do for you how much do you want to talk about um oh actually a big thing i want to talk about is used car prices and new car prices inflation they're going up in price and everyone's blaming inflation and i think I just want to make something very clear to all our listeners because, and I'm not assuming they don't know this, but I just want to make sure that as many people do. Inflation doesn't make prices go up. Prices going up make inflation. Right, okay. It's a subtle difference, but it's a major difference. Yeah. So inflation, people will go, oh, it's because of inflation. Prices go up for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But it's not because of one word inflation. So the word the inflation is created by what's called the CPI and the RPI, so consumer price index, retail price index. Yeah. Sam is just about holding on. <laughs> yeah. But my point to it is that I'll just use the example of bread. 
Okay, so if you paid 30p for a loaf of bread last year, mm-hmm. and then you paid 60p for it this year, the price has gone up 100%. Yeah. If you use that, if that was the metric, that's inflation 100%. But of course, you might buy butter, and if butter stayed the same price, inflation is not 100%. Yeah. So you have to be a bit careful with this because it's based on a variety of goods, and the goods do change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that well, no, but the, the the actual measurements change. So yeah. over time, so it used to be, if you look fifty years ago, it would have just been predominantly food and energy. Mm-hmm. Now it has to consider: did your streaming service price go up? Did yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because they they announce what's being added to their whatever the measurement thing is called, don't they? Because yeah. they they take a a cross section of of stuff. Yeah, and then they use they call that it a as basket. The... So it's a bit like yeah. going to your weekly shop, and what would you have in there? Yeah, a bit like when you see the adverts for um, like Aldi and Tesco, and they're doing their price comparison. Yes, and it will say, well, if you come to Aldi, you'll save twenty pounds cons- compared on this basket than if you went to Tesco's. Yeah, and it's similar or comparable products. Products, yeah. So you know, if you've got Weetabix, some milk, some bread, yeah. Uh, so, so but they'll, they'll, su- they'll substitute Weetabix out for Aldi's own brand stuff. Not, yeah. not realizing that Tesco do also do their, their own, own brand. brand. Yeah, because they're always trying to fight for whoever's yeah, exactly. cheaper. But the reason I point out, and I know some people might be listening. In, what's he? Talking Why are they about? talking about shopping on? Yeah, <laughs> but because manufacturers are using this as an idea of well, inflation. That's why we're going to have to start charging more money. Have the price that they buy things gone up? Now, if they have, farmers are actually in a bit, bit of an issue with this at the minute. And it's because farmers use nitrogen as a, I think it's a weed killer. The price yeah, of nitrogen yeah, has skyrocketed. And it's actually destroying different aspects of the farming industry. But some farmers... They're used in fertilisers. Fertilisers, that's exactly... Yeah, that's it, sir. Um, what I was going to say, for farmers, for this year, right now... Us paying for stuff like bread, it shouldn't really be going up in price because, of course, that is from what they've already harvested. Yes. So it's last year's harvest is essentially what we're eating. Yeah. Yeah. This year's harvest, they a lot of them bought a lot of stuff as the prices are going up, but it's already in the ground. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then you've got things like, you know, uh, beef, pork, eggs. Those things are much more immediate. Yeah. And so if there's a price change, we feel it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Petrol. Now, w- ah, now we're into a subject yeah. I can get my teeth into. Because when you talk about inflation, and the whole point of inflation is, and I know we're a car podcast, so don't worry, I'm getting, I am getting to it. I just want to sort of put the framework there. Yeah, yeah. For example, with petrol prices, retailers are saying we have to charge you more. At the same time, they're announcing record profits. Yeah. And the point for petrol is, how long ago did you get it out the ground? A long time. Yeah. Don't think that the petrol you bought this morning or last week was in, uh, you know, 2,000 metres beneath the sea. Yeah, some, last week. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. It's got to go from there. It's got to get shipped. It's got to go to a refinery. The refinery's got to then, you know, process it, keep it somewhere. The, the price that they will then charge, it's months ago. Yeah, Now, exactly. all these effects were not there months ago. So some of this, I had this with, I think it was a coffee I bought the other day. It's gone up in price quite a lot. Didn't really talk to them about it, but I had a quick look just to check. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. No, yeah. it's gone up in price. Why? Why is it? And the, the answer you'll get, oh, it's inflation. No. Have the beans gone up in price? Like, as in, is the farmer that farms those beans in South America charging you more? No. Because nothing that's going on in the world at the minute has affected him. Or if it has, it's only going to affect him at next harvest. Like, yeah. a year from yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And by then, we might have normalized prices and yep. they might be able to control it. So with fuel, we're being ripped off. Yeah, and the problem that I have with this is, and I've said it to you several times, and I don't know if there's a reason it can't be, and we've never really had an in-depth chat about it. We sort of, we only really seem to talk about it when we're uh, WhatsApping each other. Yeah. As opposed to when we're actually sat talking to each other or, or whatever. But why is there no watchdog, effectively, like a proper set-up watchdog for fuel prices? Because as soon as there is even a whiff that the price of a barrel of oil may go up 0.01% yeah. this morning. Yeah. That's it. The pumps are up by that afternoon. Yeah. I've been watching, I, said, I think I said it on the podcast before, the time that I get up now, I catch the end of the overnight BBC news, so yeah, at yeah. five to six. So they, do, they just do a quick check on, the, on some of the stocks, and one of them is always the Asian barrel of oil price. Okay, yeah. And I've noticed that every day, bar two, for the last three weeks, that price has been going down. Uh, in fact, that price got... Uh, just, sorry to cut across you, No, that's fine. Uh, that price went below... I think it went below the $100. Or it went below a marker point that usually, if we look historically in the last five years, yeah. we would be paying about one late 120s, early 130s for petrol right. and a few pets. Well, that's the sort of oil uh, barrel price we were at only a couple of weeks ago. But yet, when I filled Didn't up... Didn't change at all at the pump, though. No. When I filled up on Thursday, I paid 165 which has come down 1p. And do you know what the bloke in the garage said to me? Go on. He said, well, have you seen? Price of petrol's come down. That's it? What By was, a what penny. Oh, right, right, By a okay. penny. He's like, that's great, isn't it? Well, see, they are passing on, the, they're passing on the, the savings. But if you fill up a 50-litre tank, you've saved 50p off yeah. a price that's risen £30 a tank. But why is there no tank? watchdog? And why... I know no we all need to it. fill up our that's cars. That's the problem. There's, oh, sorry, there's a huge public interest in it. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. I know we all need to fill up our cars and we all need to get places. And I'm not suggesting that we have some sort of Lemis style revolution where we all Les march Mis. on the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> but at what, Sam's at got what his point does yeah. every average Joe, as I'm, I'm describing all of us, unless you work in Whitehall or work in the head office of BP or Shell or any of those companies, what, what, at what point do we just say, no, I'm not paying £1.60 for petrol that only needs to be charged at 110, 120 Yeah. Why I think... am I paying 40p a litre over what I should be? That doesn't sound like, to, it sounds like quite a bit, but when you're, fin when you're filling up a whole tank, that's quite a considerable jump. Yeah, and also it, it's not just what you put in your tank. It's the food, you know, transporting food, transporting clothes, transporting yeah, everything you buy. Yeah, that's why all the costs go up, because well, they're charging so much money for so all this stuff. This is why I said when people say, oh, it's inflation, you have to remember, where's the, where's the inflated price come from? And then you have to say, it's a price rise. Is it a justified price rise? Is someone just trying to make more profit? And what we're finding now is... Uh, because I wanted to bring up used car prices. Used car prices have been going up and up yeah, and up. And they're still there. And it's because, you know, you, again, basic economic supply and demand, there is a restriction of supply at the new end. Yeah, so everyone's going to get into the lower. Which doesn't meet the, meet the demand. Yeah. So then the demand for used goes up, which means there's more people shopping for those used cars, so the price goes up. That's not a long-term inflation. I remember selling cars back in 2008. And seeing used car prices, as it was, it does it, yeah, plummet. It was, yeah. it was an absolute plummet. Well, roll on that day because I'm <laughs> in a position where I can just go and buy one. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I think I've said, I might have said this on the podcast for a good friend that I worked with. He bought three cars in the space of four months, 
and every time he got he traded the car in it was at our work so he was just doing it put a deal on the board as well yeah he was getting focus st vxr he just bought all the stuff that every young lad would want to buy yeah that's fair and then the market collapsed and he was stuck in whatever he was in but he was happy because yeah. he, he was stuck in a car that he didn't want to sell so that was fine but the problem is what happened is the prices dropped because there was then a long-term drop-off of demand if you squeeze people and squeeze people, eventually they don't have money. And I think this is where new car manufacturers have to be very careful. They're saying, we're going to make less cars and make more profit. You're assuming that the demand will remain and that people won't buy a car now and go, do you know what? It was, so, it was such an uncomfortable experience. I had to wait six months. Then when I got it, it wasn't the color that I really wanted. And I, I'm just going to keep this car. Yeah. I cannot be asked for selling it. Then they won't turn up to buy a new car. And the pressure will remain in used yeah. Until the day that people say, I can't afford to fuel my car or they're forced out of them because of legislation changes. But all these things are put under the bracket, the umbrella of, well, it's inflation. It's like, well, again, farmers are a really good example only because if you're an arable farmer, you know, you, you put your seeds in the ground. Yeah. You know what that price is at that point. Yeah. So whatever the price is next year, you don't know what you're going to sell at. But you know what you bought at. And then you're basically in the waiting game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You meet farmers. And hoping for a good year. Yeah. And, and meat farmers to a point are the same because they're, they have cattle, they're raising their cattle, and it's going to, you know, the day they, you know, a week later, they're not selling it. They've got to keep it for, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, until it grows up and everything else. Now, egg farmers are pretty much bankrupt at this point. Yeah. Because the price of the feed that they give the hens has risen because the grain has rise, risen in yeah. price they then haven't been able to charge a lot more for their eggs yeah because it's controlled by supermarkets blah 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 and also you've got to think and i'm not I want to make it clear that i am pro this move but also for the farmers all the hens now to sell your eggs pretty much have to be free range yeah so the area you need to farm eggs yeah. has quadrupled your cost of doing I'm, so I'm, that is a good thing yeah yeah or, but they should be free range yeah yeah but it is a cost that they didn't have before some of them that well, they it, do have now if they want to continue selling odd. their eggs in this country at least very odd to me that if they're if you, you're sort of put under that um idea that you need to be free range that there's not a support system in place from a government a local council whatever that just says oh hi we we see you know you need more land uh we've got either got the land that we can give you or we'll give you some relief because to be honest as a taxpayer you're like you know what there's there's a couple of people I really don't want to go and bankrupt. One Thumbs. of them is that I know we import a lot of our food in the UK. Yeah, yeah, of course we do. Do you know what? If if this whole thing that's going on in parts of the world you know, has taught us, it's oh, we need to keep the industries we've got. Yeah, we want to make sure that we we're secure for a bit of food as well. And also now with this ban on red diesel coming in, Sam Sam loves talking about red diesel. Well, no, but think, <laughs> think of the farmers. Think of the people that use the red diesel yeah. are now having to use normal diesel. Which is, I think it's triple the price right. of red diesel. So there you go. That's, that's, oh. that's people out of business. That, that, well, so a lot of farmers live on, on a knife edge anyway. Yeah, yeah. People have this vision that all farmers are Jeremy Clarkson. They're all making millions and millions of yeah, pounds on the Yeah, they forget that he had a motoring show. And they don't, well. they don't need yeah. their farm. They do their farming as a laugh. Yeah. Farmers, I can guarantee you, are pretty much in the top 5%, probably 1% of hardest working people out there. Yeah. When it comes to getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning oh, and yeah. working until 10, 11 at night, sometimes all the way through the night during harvest season. Yeah. And all their other preparations. Well, again, the, the thing for me is if we go back to that inflation conversation, if they're struggling with inflated costs to buy stuff, 
then they're going to have to sell it for a higher price. They're going to have to sell it for a higher price. Now, what the que the question that sits behind that, because if you notice, uh, if you look at statistics for deflation or inflation, we really haven't had deflation, i.e. where you can buy stuff for cheaper than the year before, for really the last, I'm trying to think of if it's happened in the last three or four decades. The re governments generally want inflation because inflation reduces your debt. Yeah, of If you have a million pounds in debt, and you're a government, you're looking at the long game. In 100 years, will it still be a million pounds? Well, no, if you inflate your currency, it'll only be 700,000 in today's money. So they're looking at it like that. They don't want deflation. For the regular consumer, it's a, diff it's, it's a difficult one because you, you want inflation as long as your wages are being inflated. And this is what I wanted to get back to, is that with car prices going up, fuel prices going up, the parts for car prices going up, and people are talking about the, an inflated price of cars well it, the, it's not really in inflation what's actually happening is electric cars are coming in that cost a lot more money to buy if you want a Corsa today so if you wanted to buy a Vauxhall Corsa <laughs> brand new five years ago you walk into the Vauxhall dealer and they'll say oh it's you know 16,000 pounds we'll do you a deal today you know 1500 quid off it and a finance deal off you go an e-Corsa I think starts at 28,500 pounds it's madness I mean it it's not that that's it that's a wildly wild increase that is very rarely seen but it's we have to question whether that's a permanent change or whether these things will because of economies of scale will electric car prices come down or will the will people just say well i'm not buying it then because people i knew who would come in to buy or i say new but customers i had that were coming to buy a brand new corsa or i actually never sold voxels new but a two-year-old corsa yeah. They, they're not paying 28 grand for they didn't have twenty-eight thousand pounds they just didn't they, they, they would have never been able to come into the dealer and say oh you haven't got one for 14 well what have you got for 28 yeah yeah what have you got for exactly double my budget yes, it's, it's like if someone's i mean i know we're a bit guilty of it someone sends in questions to us sometimes and we'll go oh they've got this budget oh do you know what you could get one no, of no, these well 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 we are not guilty of anything one of us <laughs> <laughs> but this is what all i wanted to just say is i wanted to make it clear because i i think and I've seen this a lot in car media. They're saying, oh, well, inflation is causing... No, no. The price going up causes the inflation measure to go up. And what the response we're having now from the government is, is going to be rising interest rates. And so if you are looking at a brand new car purchase or even a car purchase you're going to be financing, you have to have in the back of your mind, next year, you could be looking at a much higher interest rate for yeah. that loan. You know, if you're looking at a... A lease, it's a little bit different. But if you're looking for a personal contract plan, which is three years with a balloon payment, mm -hmm. or a higher purchase where you say have a five-year loan against the car, well, if interest rates go up, then the rate you're going to borrow at will go up. Yeah, so that you, exactly. So don't you know? Just bear that in mind if you are out there looking at a purchase of a vehicle, because the other side of it could be that the price drops hugely, and in which case, if you're paying a bit higher interest, it the same it means the same to you you know if you're paying 300 pounds a month for a vehicle yeah it doesn't matter it, at the end of it if you're not looking to keep the vehicle it doesn't really matter if the car costs one pound with a thousand percent interest or it costs thirty thousand pounds with a zero percent interest you're still paying 300 pounds i was just thinking you know about quickly going back to the the diesel scenario for farmers <laughs> no but because no, yeah. i just i was thinking something i was i, I thought we're not going to come back around to that subject so i'll just jump in and say it now yeah go on with you saying it's about three times more expensive yeah, I think they buy so, red diesel at about 40 So, for example, my times. petrol bill is roughly £200 a month. 
if yeah. someone came if you turned around to me and said right sam so from now on your petrol bill is going to be 600 pound a month i'd say oh that's great i can't afford to go to work anymore yeah that's genuinely the stark reality yeah if you're turning around to someone and saying oh you know that cost you've got for your business yeah tripled and that's just one of the input costs enjoy also oh you want to you need to keep your electric on yeah that's gone up double as well this is this is then when we've had other cases of inflation like this and prices have gone up generally companies have taken advantage sometimes but they've generally been struggling we're not hearing of lots of companies saying oh you know yeah we're trying to sell petrol at the right price or we're trying to sell cars or we're trying oh, and i'm only talking from a we're, we're an automotive podcast so i could yeah, go into the, the never reaches of tech and yeah, uh, yeah. social you know, but, but all it would take is for a company to come out there and say we are going to sell petrol now i know they won't because they're a big conglomerate bunch of mates and they won't want to shaft each other but all it would take is one of them to come out and say well do you know what we want people to come buy our petrol we're going to sell it at one pound 24 yeah yeah that'll do it i mean they'll run out of petrol within a day because people are going to stockpile it people would drive across but the country you, to get you, there. but you better watch yeah. if shell did that you better you better know that bp tesco we'll sainsbury's would all away. drop it the next day yeah if the not trouble the same is day. That, that no they won't do it because well, of course not because they they, they currently make a big profit yeah so yeah, you're and nobody's up in arms. Well, they are on social media and on the news. No one's doing anything about it. No, and I think it goes back to... But is there to, anything we can do about it? Probably not. Well, it goes back to the whole thing of if we feel powerless and blah, blah, blah. That's how... That's what's way off of a... Maybe we'll do a, a podcast that just says on it, this is not a car podcast for this one, and we're going to talk about yeah. the social world. Start the revolution. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but as I say... It just... would sound like a Russell Brand podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> free your mind yeah <laughs> I, I just think i just wanted to make it clear that it, it's rising prices and i know people will say oh it's one and the same it's, it really isn't because the reason a price rises can have a variety of reasons and for me and i could be wrong and maybe there's other people that have studied economics as well i know people that i studied with will have if you want three opinions get two economists in the room if you want 10 <laughs> opinions get four of them together you know they, they're famous for having lots of different views yeah i know an economist and he's always got an opinion on something really or, or six really yeah yeah <laughs> and you know what when you start him talking he will not shut up about it no who's that mate uh oh just some bloke just some bloke you don't yeah. really know yeah he always drags me into doing things i don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the point the i say the big point for me is that hopefully we're looking at some short-term increases but if these remain longer term there and, and wages don't increase, I just worry for where it takes the car market. And again, there yeah. is a, there's, there's a lot of other things that are much, much more important. People being able to afford to live and eat and turn the heating on. But we are a car podcast. Yeah, well, so. and the petrol thing is cars and that is part yeah, yeah. of living. So that's why we're Although just... BP did put that price down by a penny. So that's it. 40p save for your tank or 50p, yeah. If, yeah but if it keeps coming down, then... I don't. I'm not overly optimistic that it will, but it it's better do. that it's come down a penny than it's gone up a penny. The trouble so is that maybe uh, there's a turning point. We're going into geopolitics, but the trouble is that um, it will all happen at once. For example, if uh, you know there was a resolution found to the, the atrocities that are happening, yeah, uh, then you may find that people start buying oil from uh, Russia and places like that. At the same time, that other companies have started to import. You know, like the US are starting to export. Uh, yeah. To, if they all arrive at once then you've got a glut yeah, yeah. and then the price has to get down because you need to get rid well, of it we'll have another fuel crisis because they need to get rid of it all and yeah. everyone will be filling their tanks up convenient yeah and 
just for me, I just wanted to point out because I know some people are panicking a little bit about what to do with cars and purchases, and I'm just saying that there's some short-term effects to our inflation. There are some longer-term effects, but a lot of the stuff I'm hearing at the minute are to do with a pandemic that's happened, to do with a war that's going on, to do with lockdowns, and to do with a host of different reasons that really, when you start to dig into them and say, is this something that's going to change prices long term? You know, house prices never came down. After they rose, Yeah, they've never got, you know, if you think to what, if you're younger and you ask your parents or your grandparents what they bought a house for. <laughs> 60,000 pounds. Yeah. But of course, wages have, have yeah, inflated. Yeah, it's, it's all relative, but it's not all relative now. No, because wages haven't inflated at the rate that house prices no. have. And bricks and you know the, yeah. the, the materials that they're made out of haven't risen by that well there's there's less of them being used to make the same yes. building well they're more fairness. efficiently built Whether, are they well efficient i said they're more efficiently built yes they're definitely built a lot less better a lot less well i was gonna say a lot less better Blimey, than Sam, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a real a real slight on my education <laughs> wouldn't it <laughs> but, but yeah as I say, so if, if you're looking at used car new car purchases are just, just something to sort of have in the back of your mind that if you own a car right now and you're a bit nervous, oh, will it will it suddenly drop in value? Yeah, it could do, but only if there's a big shock to the economy because it would take a shock to bring the pressure of demand and stuff like that for yeah. the new car side. With inflation, yeah, we'll probably see higher and higher inflation. The other aspect of all this is the government printed a load of money, and particularly the US government printed a load of money. The difference is that it's... Free money! <laughs> the problem was it, a lot of it hasn't gone into... Well, I say it hasn't gone into general circulation. If you give a bank ten million pounds, and then they don't give it to anyone, they haven't really inflated your currency. No, not at all. I mean, the thanks, Richard. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot more of it. But if it never enters the market, it's a bit like saying I found a load of gold. You know, I found tons of it. Oh, how much is it worth? Oh, I don't know. I've kept it in the basement. So it's no not one worth knows anything. <laughs> no one knows I have it. Yeah, so in exactly. that case, the, whole, the number of gold that is known in the world hasn't, hasn't increased, <laughs> so the price doesn't yeah. change. Whereas yeah. if, you know, if I found the, the second highest reserve of gold in the world tomorrow, and I didn't tell anyone, there'd be no change in the price. No, exactly. You need to mine it and sell it. Yeah, and if you're clever, you'd meter it out a little bit to make it... You know, yeah, exactly. Oh, I just found a little bit. Oh, I just found a little bit more. <laughs> you would yeah. say, oh, I found, I found another strain. I found 4,000 tons of it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, because it's very difficult for one man to protect 4,000 yes. tons. <laughs> well, you'd hide it in plain sight, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just build a house one that's very shiny. One gold mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that, by the way, shiny. Interior walls made of gold, exterior of brick. Interior of gold? Well, no one see the interior, would yeah, they? Unless you invited them in. Do you know what I do? Just be I, really careful who you have around. I try and have really like cheesy decorations that made it like the seventies, where everything was sparkling. Because, yeah. And and say to people, oh, it's a golden decoration. People are like, and <laughs> but, your taste is awful. Yeah, because they think you've just got terrible taste, and you've been down to some cheap store and bought a load of sparkly stuff. Look at stuff. this lino that I've got. It's like a gold effect, but you've actually got gold floors. Yes. <laughs> and people are just walking all around your place, and they're like. Oh, this is really naff. It's quite it, cold as well, mate. Like, yeah. you should probably looking to get some underfloor heating. Yeah, oh. You're thinking, well, I don't know how much you get through a brick of gold. <laughs> I don't know. It's there's not a very good conductor. There's a ton of gold <laughs> in the floor. I don't know that they would be that easy. Yeah. Um, but talking about that, I just want to talk very quickly that yeah, you know, Tesla make other things apart from cars, and one of them is they make toasters. Roof, they make roof tiles. Great. Okay. That are solar panels, and they okay. And so you can have, you can actually replace, you know how some people put, uh, yeah, yeah, they put you know, the solar panels on top of their roof. Mm -hmm. You can actually just replace the roof tiles. Oh, so that's, that's actually quite a good product. Yeah. They, they, they should only, concentrate more on that. They should. And, and 
from what I understand of it, it actually created almost exactly the power that they quoted and all this sort of stuff. It was very interesting. Um, like a video I watched on it. It was someone who bought it. You know, they Are they as good at being waterproof? As there is good at being waterproof, but you have to, unlike a regular roof. Oh, yes, clean gonna, it, wouldn't you? Yeah, this is going to be fairly obvious, but you do have to actually clean your roof. I've never thought about that. All these people have got solar panels on their roof. I guess you have to clean them. You do because Quite a lot. The, because the efficiency is taken down. If they're covered in, you remember we had what was it years ago? Is it Iceland had a volcano go off? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've had it this in. year. We've had the Sahara sand. Okay, there you go. been coating things in yeah, that so sort of red mist. If you get a coating over the top of it, it loses its efficiency. Yeah, it's not going to be able to get the sunlight in it. So, so yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So, it, but you know, paying paying your window cleaner to come round once every two weeks instead of once every eight weeks is not the biggest expense in the world if they're charging a tenner a time. No, I wonder actually who's doing it. Maybe it's a business for us, Sam. I wonder. Oh, I imagine window cleaners are chucking it in with their rounds because they've got these long what, roof th- cleaning. Well, they've got these long, well, solar panel cleaning at the moment. Yeah. They've got the long extendable poles. I wonder poles, if they do, they? though. I wonder if it's specialised in any way. Oh, I don't all. know. I'm just guessing. No, yeah, no, I know you are, but I'm just thinking, I wonder. If... I'm sure that the average window cleaner would say, yeah, I'll do that for you. I'm sure they would, but whether they'd actually do, whether there is a, people out there that say, no, I do, it's a specialised thing. Cats' parents have got solar panels on their roof, I'll ask them. Okay, I'll send go. them a text later and ask him. So yeah, who cleans your roof? You, and they'll think they... I'm asking him for some money. Uh, <laughs> 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 we'll get a text back saying, "Sam, what do you want?" <laughs> what an odd! They would just think, "Who is Cat with you? Is this an emergency Are call for drunk? help? Yeah. Are you safe? Do you oh, need she's help?" She's left him on his own. He's got drunk. <laughs> he's got drunk, and now he's thinking about cleaning roofs <laughs> as a business. <laughs> what a moron! Why, why are we? Why are we? Why are we entertaining this? this? <laughs> I'm just thinking that actually they because they may say oh we've never had it cleaned and then not it's very it. sparkly so I imagine they have and I'm, they're not doing it themselves you sure? yes not getting up on a ladder and definitely quick not. sponge over and... no they're not of the age where you'd be getting up ladders to clean your roof well I don't know if it's an age thing they're not doing it <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting stop trying to... to ruin my wedding <laughs> yeah. I'll ask him when I meet him at your wedding I'll be like yeah. so, you so sometimes you're incapable of cleaning anything <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Put it in the best man speech. No, no, I want to do that before the uh, ceremony. <laughs> oh, hi, you must be uh, Cat's parents. Yeah, uh, Sam said you can't clean things yourself anymore. You have to get people to help you. Is that... <laughs> you, you yeah, seem... you're, you're, you're relieved of your best man yeah, duties. You, you seem quite <laughs> If any of you guys are free on the 5th of November and <laughs> fancy anyone, doing the speech. <laughs> anyone out there. Well, it seems to be the theme of weddings. <laughs> yes. The first person you see on the street, best man duties done. Picked. <laughs> Some bloke called Dave. Yeah, any bloke called Dave. Just yeah. walk around shouting Dave, and then that's it. Job done. <laughs> anyway, have I got anything else? Uh, I've done. I've done my inflation talk. There was actually a lot more to inflation, but I don't really want to bore everyone with it because it falls into a long rant about economics and old crops and new crops and you know what's all. Sounds thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing is that please tell me more miles the, the only other thing i'm talk about was with used cars of course they're already built so when people talk that that's the, the most clearest example i can give someone yeah if it's got nothing you know if a used car is built and it goes up in price well someone put the price up yeah so we call that inflation <laughs> yeah. you've inflated it but unfortunately instead of saying that person's trying to rip someone off because they've yeah, bought exactly, a car for yeah. 15 grand and they're charging 17 and, and nobody wants to say anything because it might ruin something for them so. yeah of course and uh, hey if someone if someone knocks on your door and say your house has gone up in uh, 10% in value and your cars are both now out of negative <laughs> oh, <no>. equity <laughs> exactly you're not going to go really no that doesn't sound right I no that sounds dodgy yeah yeah no you're going to go oh, fantastic okay news. no yeah. worries thanks for telling me <laughs> the only 
Oh, actually, you said... Did you... I did, but I think it's going to be a bit of a longer topic, so maybe I'll leave that for the start of the next okay. one. Okay, then I'll talk about the final thing that I want to talk about. Ah, good. What is it? Oh, uh, it's about... Uh, uh, the history of economic in... It's about Mongolia. creativity, STEM research, and the Gulf R, and BMW M140. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you <laughs> on the next one. <laughs> I do. I'll make it very quick. And that's that with cars today, I think, well, with, with cars in general and the way people are looking at them, I think too much time and effort is being given to spec sheets. Yeah. And what number is on the spec sheet? And I've realised this for a long period of time. It's been something that I used to talk about. It's all the time when I sold cars. It was Oh, have you said, well, you know, it's 230 horsepower now, it's better than... And we've got very used to the idea of, if the number is bigger, it is better. I'm going to interrupt. Go on. Because this would tie in quite nicely with the other topic that I was going to start the next podcast. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to save it for that or if you want to do it now. <laughs> we can do it. If, if we do both of them now, it's going to be like a three-hour podcast. I'm just saying you can either, we can bring it up again, or if you can shorten your... The, the trouble is, I think we've got other topics to go into in our next podcast. Oh, okay. So one of them is going to end up very long if, right, we, okay. if we sort of knock stuff on. Unless, yeah, that's fine. Unless a particularly slow week of yeah. car news comes up and then we'll be okay. Okay. Right, well, if you were just waiting to get out your car, turn the engine back on. Yeah, turn the engine. <laughs> go, go, Basically, all mine go, was... Go which round I'll the talk. box. So just, yeah. just put your seatbelt back on. If you were thinking about filling up, going to the shop, well, yeah. nip and do it now. Yeah. And if you're at the gym, you know what? You said you were going to do that extra half hour. Yeah, you're get gonna... on the treadmill yeah, and do a run, we, you lazy so-and-so. We, we know you're out there saying, oh, it's good enough, I've done enough. No, no. Pick now that weight time. up. Do we're an still, extra rep. We're still here. We'll keep, we'll talk, we'll keep talking and you can just... That summer body through. is not going to make itself. Now, exactly come on. Exactly that. Go on. Work harder. Go on, Sam. Get on that step machine. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I've got um, short-sighted buyers. It ties in with what you're talking about, oh, just because right, I saw okay. you going into spec sheets. Yeah. A recent study has found that 50%, 57% sorry, of car shoppers care more about the fuel consumption than reliability of their car. Wow. So who really? cares? So what, what they're basically saying, who cares if it costs a grand to fix an issue? Yeah. I've got 35 miles per gallon. That's insane. So people who... 57, 57% is quite a lot. So I, I'd still be shocked if you said 7%, to be honest. Yeah, because, I mean, this has been an argument for, for years and years of diesel and petrol buyers. You know, someone will say, oh, diesel gets you more miles to the gallon. And someone will say, yeah, but if it breaks... It's more expensive because there's more to go wrong on Yeah, it. there's more, you know, generally speaking. Obviously, now cars have got yeah, more and so more Yeah, it's slightly different now. But if you... But it just, it ties in with what you're saying. Consumers are looking for what's the bigger number. Yeah, yeah. So what so, they're looking for is what's the bigger number. And to be fair, in the same way, it depends what you're looking for. Because I am guilty of it, and I've said it on the podcast. When I get my next car, what am I looking for? Fuel economy. MPG. Yeah. This is something I think I've talked about when I've looked at used cars and I've known, for example, and this is the worst example would be a Mazda RX-8. It's expensive to run and it's expensive yeah, to fix exactly, yeah. and it breaks. <laughs> and it's not got good MPG. No. But <laughs> In if, any way. But then I remember selling a 1.4 diesel Mazda 2, which we had to do as a factory order. Oh, good so lord. It, uh, yeah. miserable, and I remember miserable the, car. I had the conversation with them and, you know, it was an, it was an odd one where it was an, an older a couple who were sort of like, no, we've, we we had a diesel and we think it's really good and we would like to keep it. I'm like, okay, but how many miles do you do a year just out of interest? You know, yeah, just yeah. 4,000. So that's why we like the diesel because we barely have to fill up. And I'm like, you have to be aware that at 4,000 miles a year, you're not doing enough miles. Probably you're doing them local. You're going to clog some of the filters and yeah. possibly you could have some problems. Well, and 
this is not to be critical of them. They'd obviously been told something by someone else and they believed them more than me because I was just a salesman and what do I know? And they came back, I think it was three times. And I had said to them that, you know, this new diesel may have, well, it's going to have filters and stuff, but you may have more issues with it because of this. Yeah. And, you know, just to understand that your mileage doesn't fit the vehicle. Anyway, they were hell-bent on uh, 60 or 70 miles per gallon, whatever they could get from the car. And, you know, they came back and fortunately, obviously, it was a new car. It had warranty and Mazda, you know, they, they stood by the warranty yeah, exactly. at the time. Well, that's, they're lucky then, aren't they? They were, because if they bought that car three years old, they not a single warranty would have been, a, a warranty request would have been stood against because it would have been down to not, you know, incorrect use is the, is the term warranty companies use to get out of these things. Yeah. They would just say, well, you, you've used it not as we, not as we say you should, so we're not paying for it. And. A new DPF filter on one of those was £1,500 from the dealer. Wow. So I mean, if you don't care about reliability, think how many things in a car can, can break. Yeah. I mean, we're not just talking about the engine. Suspension. Brakes. Yeah. You know. Uh, just all, all stuff can exhaust, belts if you don't look after it. A tail light. A headlight. Windscreen. Yeah, just, just all these things. Oh, everything can break. Windscreen wiper motors. They're insanely expensive on some cars. Windscreen washer motors. Yeah, all these Like things. in my car. Yeah. If that breaks, you could be up for three, four hundred pounds bill. Yeah, well, well, you just accept that you've only got one washer. Yeah. On the driver's side, like yeah. the other one's sort of like a limp, <laughs> a limp water yeah, pistol. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah, you were saying about spec sheets as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was saying that with spec sheets, I think what drove what had obviously driven that decision was people looking at numbers, and I think that's what people are doing here. Yeah. Is that, but what you do not drive the specification sheet that you drive around in. No, for, for young kids who have got trump, top trump cards, or you know, they yeah, just, and I think that's the problem. It's fine we, for that. We get conditioned, even if you're not interested in cars. When you go to buy a car, you're used to being at school and seeing, you know, a sheet of something saying, "Oh, okay, this is better than this because this number is better than this." That is not how a car works. No, 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 no. Well, you, not at all. When you drive a vehicle, I can tell you, I've driven cars with a lot more horsepower than other cars, and they have been worse by. A, a country mile yeah and because they they don't put the power down very well they're not very well balanced they've got too much horsepower for the wheels whatever it may be people who modify cars can fall into this trap as well they go oh i bought a golf r and now it's got 500 horsepower you go, oh, well is it, is it enjoyable to drive oh it's terrifying oh that's fun then you must yeah. have a great time going out in that this is the thing you, you see this with tesla uh, model threes and stuff and then people go oh i can do naught 60 in two seconds how right. often? Yeah. How Thank often you. do you actually do that? Or never? Right. But it's and good down the pub on a Friday night. Yeah, you're talking about a statistic that you never use, and then you say, oh, it's so lightning fast, though, that, you know, passengers are terrified when I do it. I'm like, oh, good. It's like going to Thorpe Park every day. Yeah, it just... But then if you ever drive a finely balanced car, which you can't write, you, you can't put... You know, if you wrote amount of suspension travel, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. compression... People don't care about those things because you're getting into the, the finite aspects of mm -hmm. the car. And the problem is when you do that, people just switch off. So they just get used to a particular number, brake horsepower, MPG. Yeah. What do I do. expect from brake horsepower? Around 150. Great. And That's cool. I'm going to blame our education system a little bit mm -hmm. because we have been pushing for a long period of time now STEM. So science, well, science, technology, engineering, yeah. mathematics. Mathematics is definitely one of them. Well, that'd be the M then, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Science. Tech, tech. Do you know what? I had this written down before the podcast, oh, and I've written STEM on. 
But anyway, what it teaches us, go on, you can search. Oh, yeah, I'll Google it. What it on. teaches us is to be people that are looking for, for a finite answer. You know, if, you're, if you study maths, one plus one equals two. There is no a way that it can equal something else. You're not taught that. It's one plus one equals two. When I did, uh, as part of my economics degree, I, I did a, a minor in history. In history, you can be graded in all different types of ways, and the same with oh, law. You had it. Did I? Go on, Science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Oh, I, I Say it with some confidence, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. It's incredible, isn't it? If you just confidently say something, you'll probably be right. But yep. that, all those things teach you to get to a final number and for that to be finite and definite. Creative studies or studies, you know, and, and law falls into this, where you can look at it from one view and be right, and someone else can look at it from a different view and still be right. And you get scored completely differently, which is why it was so difficult when you're studying something like history to get the top, top marks. I think if you look in the UK, the highest number of firsts, I think it's 30% of people that study maths get a first. Okay. And that's because you can score all the points. Yeah, of course you can. You yeah. get the points for your yeah. working, you get the points for the answer. Yeah. If you study history or law, it has some of the lower because... You can say, I believe that this law is telling me, or you know, this yeah, happened more, in it's history. It's a bit more subjective. It's subjective. Maths is maths. And this is the problem. We're, we're being pushed more and more because tech, 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 tech. Everyone wants to be in tech. Everyone wants to talk about tech. The education system wants to concentrate on tech. And it, what it leads to people is they're looking at them for finite things. Yeah, exactly. You know, my TV is better because my TV has this statistic. And also it costs this much. Yeah. Well, is it better than your old TV? Yes, because of this. No, no, but you've watched both of them. Where's the, what, what did you really notice in the difference? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't see a difference. Well. So why have you spent an extra grand on your telly then? And for me, this, gets, this has been pulled into cards where, for example, Sam and I would both say, if someone said, you can have a Golf R or a BMW M140i, yeah. from 2017 and we'll just give you it for a year drive around in would either of us pick the golf r no I, i'd pick the rear <laughs> wheel drive six cylinder yeah the, the one that on paper someone would say that car would be slower in the in the rain on a rainy day in june uh, sorry rainy day in february in right. the uk yeah great fine i'd probably it'd probably have a bit of slip to it which i'd have to control oh no i'd have to drive the car it was a shame <laughs> it would have a more tune to it yeah and it would be just a nicer place to be and it looks nicer so i think unfortunately we're pushing away some of the creativity in the mind and then i go back to the evo 8 that was a mad car yeah it was yeah and people bought them who were like okay well this thing's mad so i'll try and control it on the road now you could you could get There's it. none left <laughs> yeah, they're all up a tree yeah, yeah. but if you've got a, uh, an evo 8 now i'm sorry to say if you've got an evo 8 and someone pulls up in a golf r with a remap they'll probably just just walk past you with a dsg gear but no they won't yeah. but they will be if you are into racing, you know, you go to Silverstone and you time each other. Yeah. The golf probably will be quicker. But you know what? You'll have four or five. To, the smile will physically hurt. Yeah, exactly. You'll be having a great time and you'll be out of breath and you'll be, you'll be the out adrenaline of will be that, rushing. That, you know what? You're hitting nail on the head. You'll be out of breath from the enjoyment factor. I've been in some cars where I've got to the end of the day and I feel tired. Why do I feel tired? And I've oh, God, I drove that earlier. That, and that thing was so engaging. I... I knew, I, I can remember minute details of my drive. If I get in a commuter car and just sit in it for two hours, and you said, oh, there was a scarecrow on a field somewhere, which <laughs> field? No, I didn't even see it. To be honest, I don't even know where I've been. I've gone somewhere and I've come back on the sat-nav. You know? 
So I think we, we've got to be a little bit careful because we are pushing, especially children, more and more. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do mathematics and tech and all that sort of stuff, but I think we might be doing it at the cost of creative study. Interestingly, and, I've got my car driving experience in like three weeks. Have you? Yeah, on a Saturday. Which so, cars have you picked? Uh, I can't remember. I'll have to ask uh, Catherine when she comes yes. back home. Are you remember any, did, you, did you pick a McLaren? Or did you no, I got, I've got I a, you picked a few. I've got a Porsche. Yeah, I've got a Porsche. There's okay. a 911 Turbo. You see, this will be a this will be a podcast for Sam. I'm going to barely oh, get a, a word. Uh, 911 Turbo, a DB9. Yeah, and I think potentially a GTR because I think I picked it by accident when I meant to pick something else. GTR would be a good uh, It'd be a good lens to look through for the other two. Yeah, though. but I need to confirm that. I've definitely yeah. got a Porsche and I've definitely got an Aston. That'll be a uh, podcast where I can barely get a word in edways. Yeah, not to thought. Right, well, welcome to the Miles Driven Podcast yeah. with me, Sam, reviewing my driving experience last <laughs> week. <laughs> I had it last year. I drove a, an R34. Oh, you did? You didn't like it, though, did you? Didn't. Well, it was a GTT. It wasn't a GTR. No, it wasn't kept very well. No, it wasn't. And the... Uh, just... I really like, for it, by the way, GTRs. So don't people don't get me wrong. I really like Skylines, and I've driven a few different ones. From, I remember a guy I used to work with had an R33 with... Oh, very nice. I think he had an R33 GTR, and it had somewhere in the region of some of the bigger horsepower numbers. I'm not going to yeah. say a number, because it was 15 years ago. And I remember he was like, oh, yeah, just take it out for a bit. And it was the fastest car I'd ever driven at that time in my life. Yeah. But it was visceral. Like, I got into it. And when I got out at the other end, I was almost not trembling, but I could feel a vibration through yeah. my hands where everything had been so, you know, I didn't think we'd ever get to a point where people say, oh, yeah, you can't, you couldn't even dream of having a car like that now. Not, yeah, exactly. Not because yeah. they've gone out so, so much in price. No one makes them. No, you don't. You just can't buy Manufacturers them. Manufacturers actively go to a lot of uh, effort to make sure there is no vibration, no feel, none of this, and they want to just try and pump in speed. And it goes back to safety. Yeah. If you want to, we want drivers that are engaged and aren't doing 100 miles an hour. To do that, you have to make 50 miles an hour feel very engaging. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes when we're in modern cars. How many times have we been in a modern car and done a speed and not even known? Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh, God, you know, I was passing a bit of traffic, didn't even think about it. And here we are. So uh, I just think that, again, I'm very keen. And I know, Sam, we've agreed this many a times that we're very keen to make sure that a, there's a young generation that comes through to enjoy cars, especially because if you look at interests that people can have, Going to a car show on a weekend, just, you know, for 18, 19-year-olds, if, if the options are going out and partying and getting drunk or getting up at 6am to go to a car show, yeah, I know which one I'd rather try and enthuse people to go and do. Uh, to, to have younger people coming through and enjoying it and knowing that this will keep living on. Because if we're the last sort of generation that really loves it, and then you've got, I say, women. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get as many people involved and engaged as possible. and unfortunately i think if a lot of people are just looking at numbers you're just chasing something that isn't really you know going to engage you that much so if you're out there and you're looking for something like a 2017 golf r have a look at <laughs> have a look at a 2017 m140i because you might find actually despite what the spec sheets and numbers say but don't do that because then they'll keep going up in price and i'd quite like to buy one so yes if everybody could stop <laughs> yeah. buying then that'd be great is that the end of our podcast sam have we got I think we've bored the people enough. For yeah, one day. we probably have. Well, we covered inflation for part <laughs> yeah. of it. I mean, blindly. Thanks for sticking with us through Miles's uh, university lecture. Oh, one last quick thing, Kia. I just just as a news thing, I meant to say at the start, Kia have started a seven-year cooperation with the Ocean Cleanup 
to look at ways to uh and by the way this isn't like sponsored i'm reading it off a sheet or anything i just it was a bit of news um they're looking at ways for a sustainable future so they're basically looking at uh, ways to get plastic out of the ocean and they're saying they may be able to reuse the plastic oh, in their cars and so it's just a point that people go on about how cars are all terrible to the environment you've got car companies actively searching out and say that's an example seven years they've they've agreed to sort of fund uh getting plastic out of the yeah. ocean well very and good they actually want the plastic so it's not just that it's going to go into a landfill they yeah. want the plastic <laughs> yeah, so they can else. make dashboards out of it or wherever else oh so good well just go to, here just a good bit of news i suppose to very end good cast on yeah but did you do the intro for this one? i did do you want to do the outro come on foot of the table off you go. Foot of the table. Do tell, I, tell the ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Do I get to do the outro? Do I? Is do. that my, my prize of the day? Who's a special little boy? So, well, we have to say fair play to Sam because he's been up since about three o'clock in the morning. So, Yeah, where are we now? 7pm. 7 7pm. 7 well, not for so, the listeners. That, 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 yeah, that's really given away that we've recorded those last two podcasts in one yeah, day. Yeah, it is too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've offered him a kick on my sofa, but he just doesn't want to be around me any longer than he No, I desperately want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh, well, we'll catch you in the next podcast. See you there.